Saturday. Thank you for tuning in to Turn to Your Teacher and Listen. My name is Liz. I am your resident pre-service teacher and humble host. This week we will be talking about Common Core and all of its wonderful edges and corners. Listen up! This week, I wanted to go ahead and dive into a big issue in education, and that is Common Core. This week, I want to talk about why Common Core is a good thing, but first, let's talk about why Common Core math is so scary. It's new, and while being afraid of change isn't ideal, it is human. When parents see their kids doing addition and subtraction different from how it was done when they were in school, it can be scary. And I think everyone can relate to being scared of something new at one point or another. We were all taught to borrow or carry the one, but how many of us actually know what that means and can explain it to a kid? Like, we were just told to do it and do it again and do it again. And we can put it on paper, but we don't actually know what we're doing when we borrow or carry the one. Well, what you're really doing when you have nine plus three. When you have that vertical math sentence and you've got the nine on top, the plus sign in the middle, the three on the bottom with a line underneath it, that's your equal sign. What you're doing is you're going from nine ones and three ones, and we all know that nine plus three is 12, but you're going from having nine ones and three ones to having one ten and two ones. So when you're carrying the one, what you're actually doing is you're taking 10 ones and you're moving it into the tens place. So you're carrying that one all the way over, but that one is 10 ones, not one one. It's one ten. And if you've ever worked with the math manipulatives where you can like stack them or even just use Legos, and if you stack 10 Legos on top of each other in a straight little bar, that is a 10 block. So you're making that and then add two more of the same size Lego next to it, and that's your 12. That's what carrying the one is. It's the same idea when you're subtracting and you want to borrow from a higher place value. When you borrow from a place value, what you're really doing is you're breaking either a 10 into 10 ones or you're breaking a 100 into 10 tens or a thousand into hundreds. So you're really just using this larger unit, but making it into smaller little pieces of this one big thing. And that's something that not a lot of people understand. And I didn't understand it before I took two years of college classes on it. And now that I'm actually seeing it in practice, I love it. And I'm uh, volunteering with a tutoring program where I'm tutoring fifth grade boys after school uh, a couple days a week. And when I say, like, use your place values to uh, substitute in for the value, like, they, the boys understand it. When I, like, if I say borrow, the adults that are in the room really understand and they're like, oh yeah, you just got to cross through it and then you move it up here and it's it's now a one. Okay, but why is it a one? Why is it now a 10? Why is it now a nine? And it's because you are converting place values. 
Um, another thing that really seems to confuse um, adults is fractions and percentages in Common Core. And what I'm seeing with those fifth grade boys that I'm helping to tutor is that right now they're learning something called the tape diagram. And tape diagram sounds like you're literally going to stick a piece of tape on a paper and you're going to draw a diagram on it. And while that could work, what you're actually going to be doing is you're going to have, you're going to have a fraction. So like three-fourths of 24. And so what we're looking for there is we're looking for what number is three-fourths of 24. Well, half of 24, most adults would know, is 12. So if we have one half of 24, we can put two 12s into tape boxes. But since we have three quarters, it's a little bit harder. What we're going to do is we're going to draw four boxes, and we're going to divide 24 by 4. That's 6. So we can put 6 in each of those four boxes. Now, with that 3 on top, we need to know how many 6s are there in three of the boxes. So 3 boxes, that's 3 6s, that means that we have 18 total. Now, Common Core is really big on real-world examples, so what do we do from here? What we can do is we can tell our kids that they are workers in an M&M factory or a chocolate factory, and if they have 24 chocolates to put equally in four boxes, how many chocolates go in each box? And the answer is still the same. It's still six chocolates go in each box. Oh, but now your boss needs to know how many total chocolates are in three of those boxes that you just filled up. So now they have to add or multiply the total chocolates in three of the four boxes. And that's where we come in with the numerator and the denominator. And a lot of the kids that I was tutoring were getting confused about which number belongs where. So they would do like three boxes instead of four boxes. And then they would try and find the total of four boxes, but they only had three to count from. So what I did was I wrote them a little key out to the side of their problems. And I wrote the whole number and I would like circle like an 18 or a 24 and draw an arrow and say, this is the number of chocolates to be boxed. And then next to the fraction, I would draw a line from the denominator out to the side with an arrow and say, number of boxes to put chocolates in. So these are the boxes that you have to fill up equally with chocolates. And then out in the other direction from the fraction, I would put, I would circle the numerator. And that is how many boxes your boss needs to inspect at the end of the day. How many chocolates should be in those boxes? Now for our problem, we know that there are 18 in our box. Three quarters of 24 is 18. That's also 75%. So when kids start working on converting fractions to percentages, they can see that three fourths of 24 is 18, 75% of 24 is 18. So therefore, those 3 fourths and 75% must be equal. They must be equivalent. And the kids love to tell you, once they figure it out, how many boxes are going to be filled up by their, or are going to be checked out by their boss, or how many are going to go in each box. They love it. Now, that doesn't work out so nice and pretty when you have something like 
three quarters of 25. We know that 25 chocolates are not going to go nice and equally into four boxes. One box is going to have that leftover chocolate. So what do you do with the leftover piece? I told my kids that that is your work bonus. That's how you get paid. Whenever you have a remaining chocolate, that keyword remaining, when you have a remaining chocolate, that's you get to eat that chocolate. Congratulations. So now they're getting the concept of remainder. It doesn't just disappear. That's what I get. So I boxed 24 chocolates and my reward is that I get that last piece of chocolate. And you can mimic this and actually use manipulatives with this. You can um, draw boxes on a piece of paper and give them 25 M&Ms to box. And they're going to put six in each box and go, well, where does this one go? That one goes in your mouth. That one is the remainder. So we have three quarters of 24 is 18. Three quarters of 25 is 18 with a remainder of one or 18 point whatever if you want to work in decimals to broaden their depth of understanding. So now that we have some examples of common core math and some ways to integrate it into the classroom and ways that kids can understand, how do we go about talking to parents about common core math? One of the things that I've noticed is that teacher-parent communication and homeschool communication is vital. If the parents are just being shown these worksheets by their kids who just learned this today, but they learned it at 9 a.m., so they really don't remember what it is, then they're not going to remember how to do it when they get home. And then the parents don't remember, so the parents teach them the... I hate to say outdated, but the parents teach them the outdated way of just straight crunching numbers. And crunching numbers really isn't how people's brains work. We are not designed for those little squiggles on the page. And we're not designed to memorize those rules and those facts. What we do like is we like pictures. We like things that create pictures in our minds. So when I said you can put 24 pieces of chocolate equally into four boxes, that is a visual that adults and students alike can grab onto. And one way to show the adults these methods is to give detailed instructions, um, direct them to this podcast, or video yourself teaching your lesson and post it on a teacher website. Create a like resource for parents to go to so that parents don't have to be emailing you at all hours of the night trying to work on their kid's homework. They don't have to hire a tutor for their kid. Their kid doesn't forget the work and not know how to proceed. But if the parents understand the math, then the students are going to understand the math. And I am such a big proponent of parent involvement because I was one of those kids who I would come home from school and I was a reading student. I love books, still do. I will be reading as soon as I finish this recording, but math was trickier for me. There weren't many pictures involved and if they were, it was like, Sally has 45 watermelons. How much does each watermelon cost? It it was weird, almost nonsensical problems 
and I would come home and my dad, who's got a really good math brain and is really smart, would just drill into me the same sentence over and over again. You carry the one, you carry the one, you carry the one. And I didn't understand why I was carrying the one. I didn't understand why three-fourths was the same as 75%. I just knew that I was supposed to know it, but I wanted to know why. And so I was the kid who ended up crying at the kitchen table and my dad was yelling and then my mom would tell us both to take a break and my mom would rub my back and give me a glass of water. My dad would go cut the lawn and then we would come back to it with both of us having a fresh brain and run into the same problem. And it's not my dad's fault and I'm going to say it's not mine either because I wasn't a Common Core kid. Common Core wasn't implemented, implemented until I was already out of school. So... My dad, who is really good with math facts, knows how to do this. And me, who's not really good with math facts, didn't learn it until college because I had a teacher who understood that Common Core works. And that math concepts for teachers class should be required for every teacher that will ever use Common Core. So basically every public school teacher, because it is a national movement. It is a national standard. And it's really just incredible how my viewpoint of math changed because now I'm tutoring these fifth grade boys and all of the other volunteers are coming to me for math help. I've never had an adult come to me for math help in my life. I've never had a peer come to me for math help in my life. It's always been me raising my hand and saying, I don't know how to do this sixth grade math problem. But I know now, and it's such a good feeling. I can say like, oh my goodness, guys, this is how we do this. This is the tape diagram. This this is like, you just put chocolates in boxes. Oh my goodness. And chocolate boxes work for just about every kind of math. You can use it for multiplication arrays. You can use it for long division. It's incredible. And kids love any excuse to eat M&Ms. So it's like a win-win. And if you have a kid who doesn't eat chocolate, give them Smarties. It's pure sugar. You'll hate yourself after lunch when they're all like bouncing off the walls, but they'll understand math and that's what matters. So communicating to parents how to do what you want your kids to be able to do is really important. And you can't expect them, the parents, to know that this is how they're doing it based off the worksheet that is only one half of the assignment because the kid finished the other half in class and turned it in. Detailed instructions, either written on the worksheet or online for easy access. Um, give them a video of you teaching the lesson. And it can be teaching it to a small group, it can be whole group, it can be recorded after school. Oh, I think my parents are gonna have trouble understanding this. And it's not saying anything against their intelligence. It's just a new style of learning. You are reteaching the same concepts just in a new way. If someone taught you how to ride horses in the Western style your entire life, and then someone said, hey, um, we're actually going to ride English, you would be mad. You wouldn't know how to ride English. Your kid's now being judged based on how well they ride English, even though you've never seen someone ride a horse wearing a helmet and sitting up properly and straight and where's the saddle horn it doesn't work like that when something is new you have to say 
hey, this is why our saddle is like this. This is why there isn't a saddle horn. This is why we sit up straight. This is why we have a helmet. This is our crop. You have to allow them the opportunity to learn. And if a parent needs a conference with you, that's your job. Your job is to help the entire family, even if it's just to teach the kids. You're really supposed to be enriching the child's life. And if enriching the child's life involves talking to the parents about why Common Core is a good thing and why it works and, oh my goodness, here's this thing, parents are going to be excited about it if you're excited. And that's really all there is. If you communicate well to the parents, then you're going to see a drastic reduction of parents emailing and calling and, well, why is my kid learning this like this? Calling the principal. There's no reason for a parent to call administration based on a math lesson. We can all learn math. It's all okay. And this is coming from someone who genuinely hated math for years. We can all learn math. It's gonna be okay. I will teach you math. Shoot me an email at ttytalpod at gmail.com. I will teach you how to do common core math. If you really, really, really are not 110% sure on why you're teaching Common Core this way, or why this works. Best practices. Always use best practices. And that's what Common Core is based on. It's based on science. And it's based on research. It's based on results. And studies have shown that this works. When kids are not thrown to the wolves, but immersed in this way of learning math, they truly understand the subject and they don't forget it. And that's what imp- what's important. What's important is helping your kids learn for the rest of their lives. We want to create lifelong learners. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Turn to Your Teacher and Listen. If you have comments, questions, stories, or recommendations to share, you can email me at ttytal pod at gmail.com. Music by Kalo Kaz. Talk soon. Bye-bye.